Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. This, my friends, is episode number 486, and I am your host, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. And this week, my friends, my friend Ray Edwards is back. Ray, how are you, brother? I am fantastic, and I'm super excited. I can't believe I'm on your show again. It's like a dream come true, only it's a recurring dream come true. Well, I'm glad to have you on here. I sent you a text message earlier today and said, hey, Ray, I'm going to do a podcast episode that I hope doesn't offend you. <laughs> yes, you did. And it, I'll just be very transparent. I thought, oh my gosh, one of my best friends is about to do a podcast that's going to hurt the feelings of one of my other best friends. And I know you'd never hurt anybody's feelings intentionally, but I just had that immediate visceral reaction because you wrote some good copy. You wrote some copy that made it sound very controversial. Yeah, well, I, I told you, I said, well, here's the, here's the title of the episode, PLF, Product Launch Fatigue. Mm, that's what got my attention. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the interesting thing, and, and I, I, I have no idea what's going through your mind, but this isn't necessarily all about Jeff Walker's product launch formula. It has it, it has something to do with the fact that a lot of product launches use PLF, but this isn't necessarily related to PLF directly. It is just product launches overall. The idea, the pr- the principle, and the the especially even just getting affiliates on board and all this other stuff. I just noticed that lately, I've had some thoughts and feelings that have been going through my mind that I've kind, well, actually, no, not kind of, I've been completely silent about. I've not actually expressed them out loud to anyone. And partly because these feelings and thoughts started to come on pretty hard right around the December timeframe. And there was a launch of, I mean, I'm, here's the thing. I'm, I know people who are going to hear this. They're going to know who I'm talking about and stuff like that. And, and personally, I don't have anything against anybody, but it was Michael Hyatt's time for best year ever, third year in a row doing that program, that affiliate program. And I did not participate in it this year, mostly due to the fact that I was just getting my email campaign up and running. And I had some pretty serious things that I wanted to get done with Black Friday through Cyber Monday sale. And I knew immediately after that promotion, I was going to jump straight into, I need to aggressively market podcasting A to Z for January 2017. So I knew that that needed to be my top priority. And knowing that, oh, and the fact that I am promoting ConvertKit at the same time, because I am so excited and passionate about what ConvertKit is doing for me in my business. So I've got all of this promotion going on and all these call to actions, call to action of buy my Black Friday sale, sign up for A to Z, call to action, join my mailing list, call to action, you've gotta check out ConvertKit. You know, so it's call to action, call to action, call to action. And of course, I've been very open and honest that this December again, I I had the a little bit of a moody feeling. And so I was wondering, you know, am I just being fatigued and overwhelmed by all this best year ever promotion just because of what I'm going through? Or is there something more about the fact that it just seems like there's a trend in the online business slash entrepreneurial slash personal productivity podcasting space? basically the business category of iTunes 
Is mm-hmm. there a trend where the top 50 or even the top 100 or even the top 150 where it seems to me like a high percentage, very high percentage of the podcasts that a lot of us are subscribed to and listen to seem to all be pushing and promoting the same thing. I love Michael Hyatt. And if I wasn't promoting all those other things that I mentioned earlier, I would have been right there with everyone. And by the way, and anything that I'm pointing out, I have been a part of. There's no doubt I've been talking a lot about ConvertKit. I'm kind of late to the game, although there's a bunch of us who are now on board and getting excited. So I'm sure that if people are listening to my podcast, listening to Mark Mason's podcast, they're hearing a ton about ConvertKit all the time. What I've noticed is that when I'm listening to the podcasts that I'm subscribed to, especially when there's a launch that has the four weeks of promotion leading up to it, it, it's like every single episode seems to be this, you know, the content's good, the content's valuable, the content's unique, it's it's adding value, it, there, there's information there, but it just seems like everything seems to be all focused on this launch and and so i'm not it's it's not just michael hyatt's best year ever but whatever the launch of the week is or what the launch of the quarter is and so we've got i mean everybody seems to have it's more and more people are having launches and and i'm just noticing this so first of all ray have you ever had any thoughts like that any feelings like it just seems like every it all the, and it's not just the podcast con, podcast content but you've got these content creators or us entrepreneurs solo business owners small business owners whatever it's not just that, and this is the part where this thought literally came to my mind, and Ray, that's why I'm glad that I'm on here. We're actually seeing each other face-to-face on Skype here, and no disrespect, but there's this thought occurred to me. It's like, I love Ray Edwards, and I love the start today with, with Ray, but I, I, you know, I, I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but for some reason, I get this little bit of a, I, I, I'm a little bit, not skeptical is not the right word. But there's some kind of word that makes me feel like, I wish that Ray just did this because he wanted to do it, but it's very clear that every day, start the day with Ray, is just an additional platform for him to promote Best Year Ever so that he can hopefully send more people to Michael Hyatt and generate more commissions. Although I know that that's not your only goal when promoting Best Year Ever, you believe in the program, and and trust me, I get all of that stuff too. But in a way, it's like, you know, it's like... For whatever reason, Ray, you did that You did that. start the day with Ray or the 30 days of vlogging and it's just like every day it seems to be pushing this. It's like, I wonder, is there a trend of moving away from creating content and online community environments of just for the purpose of nothing else other than just to connect with people without any call to action? Let me make sure I understand what you just said. Okay. Can you, can you summarize that question one more time? Historically, I noticed people creating, playing around with new technology, playing around with new, when Meerkat came out, people would get on Meerkat and they would just host and ask me anything. They're not there to sell anything. They're just playing around. And it's like, oh, wow, this is a neat new way. Periscope came along. Facebook Live came along. All Snapchat, everybody's getting excited and they're starting to stare. But then all of a sudden, it people are not sharing in those platforms just for the purpose of connecting deeper only but they're using that as saying you know what i I, i've abandoned okay there is there's a friend of ours who has not been on snapchat for months 
and all of a sudden happens to be going through a product launch and now is every day back on Snapchat. But every day that Snapchat story is about that product launch. Ah, Does that make okay. sense? I got, I got you. I think that really does happen. Um, you know, when I did my 30 days of vlogging, uh, that, that in particular was not really designed to sell anything. I may have mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned Michael's pro, uh, program or not during that 30 days of vlogging, but I did that really because I was intrigued by the vlogging concept. I was late to that game. I found out about this guy named Casey Neistat and there are you know, many other people who are in that space. And I thought that looks like it would be a lot of fun. So I did it for 30 days and really I kind of burned myself out on it. But I'm, it's interesting that you bring it up because I'm going to start doing it again. I've got a, an episode loaded up for, as we record this, for tomorrow. It's not about selling anything. And so the uh, start the day with Ray that you mentioned, I, w I, made, no, I made no bones about it. Mm -hmm. I created it for that purpose. Uh, I did enjoy doing it, and I'm thinking of starting it up again, although I'm not going to do it every day because I just I don't want to commit to something I can't keep up. But I think you have a valid point in that I see the same phenomena of people not using a channel, for instance, for six months. Then a launch comes along, and suddenly they're on the channel every day just talking about the launch. I think that's a mistake. And I think um, also something else that you mentioned, which was uh, this, is, this is how I heard it your inbox being flooded by all the people you subscribe to all talking about the same launch and many times all using exactly the same copy. The good news is that the friends that I'm connected with that I would actually allow access to my inbox are, are the ones who are smart enough to actually change the copy. That's, and, that's good to know. And they're all, and, and the podcast episodes are all very good. I mean, it's not like, Hey, you know, let's, let's put it this. If you think about fresh books, I think fresh books, when they're a sponsor of your podcast, they don't allow you to do your own host spoken ad. So you listen to, you listen to five different podcasts where fresh books is a sponsor. You're getting word for word, exactly what they dictate that you say. <laughs> and, yep. and, and thankfully when it comes to the, all of our friends, all of our peers, I mean, we, we run in a lot of the same circles, but our peers, who are actually promoting these launches they're all doing unique content that is connected and makes sense towards the promotion it just but it's still the the question in my mind is for four weeks that content seemed to logically and naturally fit it was a good fit it was great content to promote that but if that launch wasn't going on would that content have actually been the content that they chose to share well, of course, I can't answer for anybody but myself. And I can say that the December episodes of our podcast, if you go back and listen, we're talking about goal setting and we're talking about preparing for the new year. And we also mentioned Michael's program, although I don't think I haven't listened back to those episodes since we made them. So I don't I'm not sure about this, but I don't think we were too heavy handed about that. No, uh, I think we did provide good content. And I would have been talking about those things anyway, because that's naturally what's on my mind at that time of the year. His product is one product that is well suited for the time of year that it's released every year. Yeah. Because December is when everybody's thinking about setting their goals, making their resolutions. Now, another example of a launch that was a huge presence in the marketplace was a Stu McLaren's Tribe launch. Yes. That's when this actually started. That's when this started for me. And I, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we did very much on the podcast at all about the Tribe launch. No, you didn't. Because wasn't it didn't really feel like a good fit for the show and I, i'm glad that you actually raised this issue because it's something that we're thinking more and more about as we're planning out our next year we have got three uh tactics that we're using to make sure that we're not 
I'm going to use this word, polluting our content stream with pure advertising. And, and you know what that phrase is kind of like the over, I would say that is, if anything, that is, that phrase kind of describes the overall feeling that I've been feeling. Not fr- not from you. I'm just saying overall. If you add everything over the last maybe year and a half, two years, I see a trend where this is actually happening more and more. The polluting of the content for the pure sake of advertising. Yes, and I think that's a mistake. I won't go so far as to say it's wrong. I don't think it's morally no. wrong, but I think it's a mistake that hurts your business long term. And I, I want to eventually come around to talking about PLF, product launch formula, and what I think some people may have an objection to, why I think some people may have an objection to it and what I think the reality is. But before we get into that, I want to go back to what we're doing uh, in our own business because we, we being me and Sean and our team have talked about this issue. Like how do we keep our content pure and helpful? And also how do we market the way we know is effective so that we can promote our products and our friends' products or products that we believe in, which if, if you're a friend and you have a product that don't believe in, we won't promote it. So it's really the same thing. Product we believe in, friend's product. But what we're doing is we're segmenting, number one, Wait, we're segmenting I, our email list. I just want to say, Ray, that there are some products where they're a friend and they have a product that I believe in, but I still choose not to promote it. Uh, I'm curious. Why is that? Because I, I feel like I'm already promoting so many things and that their priorities above what they're offering. Yes. And... One of the challenges we've had, and we especially have this next year, is I got probably, I've already received maybe 50 requests to promote something in the, in the coming year, mm-hmm. next 11 months, and I've had to say no to all of them because I've got room to promote maybe four product launches in the entire year other than stuff that we're selling ourselves. Otherwise, I start to sound like an infomercial, and I don't want to do that. Right. So we're segmenting our email list, which I know is something that you're big into. Anybody who's been listening to your podcast literally knows all about your, your email adventures, which I love those episodes, by the way. Thank you for doing those. Thank you. Um, so we're segmenting our email list and we're making it so that we know mostly who is interested in receiving the content and who's not. And then with every promotion that we do, we're including a link that says, do you not want to hear about this anymore? If so, click this link and we won't talk to you about this promotion anymore. Yeah. That way they can opt out of hearing about whatever we're promoting, but not opt out of our email list if they don't want to do that. I, and, um, and you do that because you're using Infusionsoft, which makes that a possibility. And I'm so thankful that I have a ConvertKit that now allows me to do that as well, because I did that with Black Friday sale. Because I, yes. I, 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 I hit everybody. And I said, listen, and in the first email, I said, please understand, I will be consistently reminding you over the next several days I remember about this sale, but if you'd like to avoid receiving those emails, click here. That's a beautiful thing. And we actually, we have ConvertKit also. We're using it for side projects and experimentation because Infusionsoft is our main tool, but ConvertKit is the up and coming champion in the email segmentation automation space. There's no doubt about it. Those guys are on their game. So segmenting is big. Uh, Selectivity is the second thing we're doing in a strong way. And that's just being selective about what we promote. Mm. We're, we're promoting less than ever before, and we're asking other people to promote for us less than ever before. And then the uh, the final thing is just streamlining, and that is thinking about what's really effective for us in terms of promotion. And the podcast, I feel, this is just my opinion with our podcast, the podcast is a place where people come to hear a certain kind of content about certain subjects from us. And if it doesn't fit in that 
context, then we're not going to talk about it very much on the podcast, if at all. Does yeah. that make sense? That does make sense. But there's the to make sure I understand this correctly. There, there's the possibility that you may choose to promote a product that is from a friend that you do believe in that may not be a good fit for the podcast, but you believe that it'd be good for a certain segment of your mailing list. Correct. Good. That is 100% correct. Yeah. So the, the thing I want to mention, well, let me just pause. This is your show. Sure. What do you think about this so far? So far, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with how the conversation is going. So I, I'm loving this. I, so far, I think that 17 minutes of pure value on the thought process of what do we promote? How do we choose what to promote? I, this is good content. I think people are going to love it. So I'm enjoying it so far. Okay, cool. I want to, I'm a little bit defensive of my friends. So, uh, and I know that you have no malice or ill intention toward anybody because no. I know you no, in um, fact, I'm somewhat jealous of some of the launches I've seen. I, I have a product that isn't necessarily as conducive to a big launch with a big affiliate campaign because I limit my course to 20 students. But there's a very real possibility at some point I may create a self-study podcasting course that would lend itself extremely well to having some of our peers be my affiliate partners that could become a multi-million dollar launch campaign. I absolutely believe that is possible. I believe that's true. And I, I'll tell you right now, I would definitely promote that. Yeah. But I promote it anyway. So even though I'm not getting a commission, I promote it. Yeah. So, so, th so yeah, th my, I'm not making with this content or with this idea or this thought, this topic, I'm not making any allegations. I'm just, I'm just raising the question. If I am internally having these thoughts or feelings, I'm wondering if other people who are listening to my show who also subscribe to some of my sh other shows within this industry and in this niche, I wonder if they're also getting a little fatigued or a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's it's not skeptical. It's just it, it, jaded. maybe jaded or it, yeah, something like that. Annoyed? Somewhat. But all of the, a, a mild case of a little bit of the, all, each of those. Yep. Well, here's what I here's what I want the point I wanted to make, and because whenever this subject comes up, PLF usually gets discussed because Jeff Walker is the guy who uh, invented or named or codified this way of marketing, and he you know this is really sequential direct marketing, which has been around ever since there's been a postage stamp, mm -hmm. and it's just adapted to the internet, and he has a very specific methodology for doing it, and but what happens is people. They, they think they know what a launch is. They think a launch is, well, three videos and a sales video. That's a launch. And that's where I think PLF gets drawn into the conversation, and it's not really PLF that they're discussing because most people who overdo or do a launch in a way that is, um, it feels like too much, most of the time, I think they're not doing it correctly. And that's because they, they watch a few launches or they watch Jeff Walker's launch and they think, oh, I'll reverse engineer this. I know how to do it. No, you don't. Because there's, you're, you're looking at the tip of the iceberg and the iceberg under the water is much, much bigger. And I think the, the question of our product launches becoming more fatiguing for people because people are, quote, onto them. Yeah, I think they are in a way. But I've talked with Jeff himself about this as well. And what I shared with him and, and he, I won't speak for him. I won't say he agrees with me, but this is what I shared with Jeff. I believe it's just a question of we need to be more elegant about how we're doing this. The idea of giving value over a period of time and then only after we've rendered a lot of value asking for a sale, there's nothing wrong about that. 
Yeah, I, I, matter of fact, I have nothing. I'm not fatigued about the actual process of PLF. I, 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 the only reason I chose the title that I shared with you is because I just, it, it is the, it's the idea of we're always launching something, we're always promoting something, and, and it's, I, I, I find it fatiguing, and, yes. and, and, and it seems to be, it just seems to be jamming up my content consumption stream with constant barrage of calls to action. Well, you're. I think you're 100% correct. But about I don't that. think that that's because of Jeff Walker's sequence or series or his formula. PLF. I just thought product launch fatigue. I'm fatigued about all these product launches. That's well, the only reason I chose PLF. Hey, you're a good copywriter. So that's a, that's a provocative title. Exactly. I can't um, so I, I think one of the things that happens for guys like you and me is we're in this industry, this segment of the industry. So we hear about all these launches, whereas most people in the world live outside this online marketing, online business bubble. Yeah. And so I've got, I've got friends who use the PLF procedure or method to do a launch once or twice a year and they make a lot of money and they're doing, they're selling products that have nothing to do with having an online business or making money online or podcasting. And so interestingly enough, those markets, that approach is much more effective because not everybody's using it. Right. So I've got a friend who's in the dog agility training business. Uh, she's a world champion dog trainer. She was just on Tim Ferriss's podcast recently, by the way. And one of the reasons she got on that podcast was because she's done enough product launches that she became well-known enough that she attracted his attention. I've got another friend who um, sells herbs or instructions on how to use herb herbal remedies and grow your own herbs. And um, it's kind of a, you know, sort of a holistic, uh, naturopathic kind of product. So there's all these different markets that this is this technique is much more effective. And in this market, I think people tend to be our peers, some of them especially, tend to be more open to promoting stuff week after week after week. And I think you can overdo that. That's why we've limited the number of things that we're going to promote this year for that very reason. Right. Yeah. And 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 just to, just to put the, the product launch formula by Jeff Walker to bed, just that part of this conversation to bed, I, I want to say that I, I still think that it should be as effective as long as the product is a great product. And the content that you're providing is of great value. It's a proven system that works for people. And so it, there's a great chance that, you know, if, if I was to do a product launch for a self-study course at some point in the future, I would definitely want to make that my top choice as far as if I was looking at a choice of a few different options for launching because I've seen Michael Hyatt go through it. I've seen you go through it. I've seen Jason Van Orden go through it. I've seen a bunch of other people go through this and I know that it works. And it works because as long as the product is good, the copy is good, and the content is good. And, and if it's a genuine win for your audience, then why not use it something that definitely does get their attention, does work, so the whole title of this week's episode has nothing to do with that. I, I'm, I'm all good there. But let's go back to this idea of, of people who seem to, you know, they're promoting everything. It's like every piece of content is an opportunity to sell something and generate either a direct sale of their own product or a commission off of something else. That's, that's just a huge business mistake. You should not do that. I had a conversation with someone recently, and I'm trying to think of a way to say this that it will never tie back to the person, but somebody who has a podcast, they've had some experience with advertising. It's done extremely well for them, but the question is, is that how can I actually increase my ability to 
to promote more, to take on more sponsors. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> Let, let's talk about actually, you know, getting those sponsors on to, you know, contract with you year round so that, so they're not there just during the time of the year and at certain time of the year, but they're, they're building good name recognition and brand recognition throughout the year. And also let's get them to start sending you reports on the amount of sales that they're making so that you can actually see the value you're bringing to them. And let's talk about how you can actually take the existing sponsors you have and let's jack up the rates based upon the jacked up sales you've been bringing into them. Yes, this is the very issue that killed the radio business, which I was in for 30 years. And we went from when I started in radio, we had, I think we ran six commercials an hour. And by the time I left, we were running 15. Yeah. And I can't, I cannot listen to radio for that reason. It, it is impossible for me to listen to radio. And I will tell you that when I, when I tell you that I've been having product launch fatigue, it's not just product launches, but it's, it, it's really if if I had to give you a more accurate title, but it's not as copy, you know, it's not as great copy. It, it's just like just call to action fatigue. You know that that's really what it is because it because it is product launches because there are there, our friends are launching more and more products all the time, and they're getting affiliates to join and it's spreading wide and far. But it's not only that, but it's Casper mattress, it's FreshBooks, it's <laughs> Mailchimp, it's Audible audiobooks. It it how I mean it's just like every single time, and I'm wondering how long before. You know, I don't know about you, Ray. I'm already doing this. I, by the way, my the still at the very top of the list of podcasts I listen to. This week in tech by Leo Laporte and Mac Break Weekly by Leo Laporte. I listen to those never in the last ten years. I've never missed an episode of either of those shows. But I tell you, I hit play, and I always use the Apple Podcast app. It's got the plus fifteen second button. And yep. I literally have to hit the button eight times before we get into the episode. Yep. And I, and of course I, I subscribe to the video, but I listen to the audio and I pull up the, I pull up the video anytime they reference something that I, that sounds interesting that I would want to see. But, but I have the phone in my pocket. I'm using my Apple AirPods, which I love by the way. And all of a sudden it's like, Hey, let's take a break. And I'll tell you what, as soon as I hear those words, pull my phone out. I'm pressing my thumb down on the touch ID and I'm like, okay, what, you know, I have to open up the podcast app and I have to, and it, of course it's, I have to hold it, make sure it's, it's in portrait mode, not landscape. So I have access to the plus 15 second button and boom, 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 boom. I hit that button until finally I get past the ad and then I put the phone back in my pocket and enjoy. I, I, I'm fatigued of all the advertisements on podcasts these days. It's, it's becoming like radio. Yeah, well, exactly. And it's going to be a huge problem because I, I do the same thing. I love to listen to the Tim Ferriss podcast, but I have to do the same thing you just described. I listen to Leo as well, and I do the same thing that you just described. Uh, and more and more people are going to do that. And that means the ads are going to be less effective, which means the advertisers are not going to be willing to pay as much, which means those podcasters that are married to the idea of selling advertising to, to as how they're going to monetize their show are going to have to sell more ads to make the same amount of money. And I've seen this before. I saw it in commercial radio and it was the death of commercial radio, which they're flatlined. They just don't know it yet. But yeah. most radio companies are struggling because of this very issue. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that's the reason for this topic because I'm not necessarily just concerned for myself. I mean, I've been silent about it for, for this, this has been going through my mind for months and I just been silent. It's like you know what? I just I just keep hitting the forward button. But <laughs> lately, I'm like, okay, 
I wonder if I should actually do this as a topic of the podcast. I wonder if anybody else is feeling this way because it, this is, the, 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 I see a trend towards more and more call to action. The, the percentage of content versus call to action and content for the sole purpose of the call to action, I see a trend where it's happening more and more and more. Well, I do too. And I, I think you're going to get a huge response to this episode because I bet the majority of people listening are all going, yes, finally, somebody said what I've been feeling about this issue. I think it's true. And I think there's a good friend of ours, Michael Hyatt, who has a rule that he calls the 20 to one rule. I think that's what he called it in his book platform. And this is what we're trying to adhere to in our company for the year 2017. And that is to give 20 times as much content as we give promotion. That's a tall order. You got to do a lot of content to be able, or you got to do very little promotion, one or the other. So we're, yeah. we're going to the middle ground on that. But I think that is for people who are going to be in this game, who are playing the long game, uh, who want to be around for a long time, that you've got to keep your content stream pure and useful. And if you start fatiguing people with these calls to action, they're going to do what you and I have just talked about doing, which is fast forwarding. And eventually they're going to click the unsubscribe button. Yeah. So I, I, I wrote down some notes. I did not, I intentionally did not share any of my notes with you prior to having you come on. Cause I didn't want it to, to steer our conversation. Um, but I have some notes here. I'd like, I, I definitely want to make sure that I cover. I, I want to talk about the pros and cons of accepting an invitation to be a launch partner with somebody. Okay. To be an affiliate partner. So I wrote down for myself, the pros are very generous commissions for the most part with the right, with the right product. I, I will tell you, Ray, uh, I, you, I promoted Copywriting Academy last year and I did change the format or the content of one particular episode for that purpose. I invited you to come on. But here's the thing. One thing I will tell people is like, listen, straight up right here at the beginning, I want to let you know I invited Ray on to this episode because we are going to promote his product or service or, you know, his product. Now this week's, this episode, not so much. This is just content for content's sake. But when we did, when we did that, I had you on, we talked, it was still valuable content and it was whether anybody purchased anything or not, that, that was beside the point. That content was valuable, standalone, no additional purchase required. But then at the end of it, we did promote some kind of one of your free content pieces of the Jeff Walker formula that you were, you were doing at the time. And I sent out one email, I think, or actually I think I was doing so good. I was blown away by the actual response that I got from one email to my mailing list that at the last minute I saw the opportunity for me to jump up another level in the leaderboard. And so I did send one more email, but I actually sent two emails to my list and I ended up being, I think number eight or something like that on your overall list of affiliates. You did very well. And the reason you did so well is, first of all, because your audience loves you and trusts you. And one of the reasons they do is because you don't do this very often. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And that's the idea. I don't, I reserve the promotion of such things for certain people, certain times. And also, again, matter of fact, Ray, I did not heavily promote your most recent. You just had a, another promotion for Copywriting Academy. I was an affiliate for it. I did 
I, I think I did something for it. I, may, I, I think I did one. I think I did a social media only push for it. So I used my Twitter, my Facebook and, and stuff like that. But I did not talk about it in the podcast and I didn't send an email on it. But um, I don't always do it. That's right. But anyway, there's very generous commission. So I only sent, I had you on the show. We, you, we talked a little bit. I sent out two emails. And if I had to guess, and, and this, I could be way off. I, I made somewhere between seven to $10,000 commission. I think that's about right. I didn't look because I didn't know we were going to discuss this on yeah. this episode. But but uh, but but I, but I I just think that that would be extremely encouraging. I know if I listen if I were listening to this content in the early stages of my business, if I would have heard somebody say those numbers just by sending out that email, you know what? Yeah, it, that's inspiring. So one of the pros, very generous commissions. And then here's the other thing: is another pro behind becoming an affiliate partner, you're helping a friend out. Ray Edwards is a friend of mine, and I know that if I were to send some people his way and he made a couple extra sales because I sent, that ends up helping him meet his financial goals for his business, for his family, and also his his own calling in this world. So that's helping a friend out. So that's a second pro. The third pro is that I believe, and of course I would not be promoting it at all if this third one wasn't a pro also, but I also believe that the product would be extremely valuable to a certain percentage of my audience. So that if they were to actually go through, first of all, I know that one of the things I like about the Jeff Walker program is it's you, you get to at least taste the value that that person has to offer before you make a purchase. And that's one of the things I love about the product launch formula. Yes. So those are the three pros. There, when I when I'm thinking about you know wow this and and by the way it's, when Michael Hyatt came out with his uh, best year ever I would have made generous commissions I would have been helping my friend Michael out and the product I know I know best year ever it would have helped a lot of people yeah but I still chose not to do it why and of course I already shared why I had a bunch of other things going on but what is the what are the cons. What are, what are the cons of actually saying yes? First of all, I, I wrote down launch focused content fatigue. Well said. The second one is not a user of the product myself. And by the way, I don't think, you, I do not believe that you have to be a user of every product you promote. For example, I authentically, transparently, I have never gone through Copywriting Academy. I have access to it. Yes, you do. But I have never gone through it. By the way, I do intend to go through it at some point. I just, it just hasn't been something that I've, it hasn't been at the top of my priorities yet. Well, then let me give you this little bit of input. Wait until we release the new version because it's going to be at least five times better. And, and by the way, and I'm already anticipating that I will be promoting that. Well, I appreciate that. So guys, be prepared. <laughs> Product <laughs> Copywriting Academy version 2.0 will be promoted here on the podcast. Recently, I was asked to, to promote another product of another friend of ours. And the thing is, okay, okay, John Lee Dumas, everybody's promoting his mastery journal, right? John yeah. emailed me and says, Cliff, I, you know, I'd love to know if you promote this. The same reasons why I didn't promote Best Year Ever last time is the same reason why I wasn't going to promote the mastery journal. I, I've got so many call to actions that I'm already pushing out consistently right now. This, this time frame doesn't fit for me. And the thing is, is I'm not a journal. I, I don't do the written journal thing. I'm a, I'm a iPod Pro with GoodNotes 4 guy. Yeah, that's a great reason not to promote. I mean, 
you said earlier, you don't have to be a user of the product in order to promote it ethically. I believe that. I believe that's true. My personal policy is I will not promote anything I have not used that I do not own. So that's why like a lot of people that I promote for are shocked when I actually pay for their product. Michael Hyatt was shocked. He's like, well, Ray, you, you know, you're an, you're an affiliate. And I'm, I said, Michael, I believe that a worker is worthy of his wages. And if I, if this is good enough for my audience to pay for, it's good enough for anybody else to pay for. It's good enough for me to pay for as well. So that's just my personal policy. I don't think you have to do that, but just, just as an aside, just to give another view of how you might think about these things. Yeah. And then the, the, the last bullet point under my cons is the possible overuse of pitching to my audience. Yep. So that so those are thoughts that were going on. And and then what are the downsides of saying no? So these are some notes still that I wrote down. I'm, I'm all reading this from my good notes for here. Feeling like you're not doing your part in the relationship. Hmm. Will this person still see you as a valuable member of their network of friends if you are not consistently in the inner circle helping add to the bottom line? Yeah, I mean, that is a concern that a lot of people have. And I would just say if if your friend is going to like move you to a lower rung of friendship because you won't promote his product, then I think you got to question the friendship. Yeah. When you did not promote the Academy this last time around, I never thought about that. Yeah. I just I, thought you're busy with other stuff and you just promoted it a few months earlier. So I was like, well, I understand that. Yeah. There's a quid pro quo kind of thought mentality, thought mentality, kind of redundant and repetitive. But there is that feeling with some people like, well, if I promote your thing, you have to promote my thing. Yeah. And that's a red flag. That's where I say, well, no, I'm not going to promote then. If that's the way you see it, I'm not going to do it because that, that sets aside my judgment about what's best for my list about what's best for my audience, about what's best for my business. And it's just making it a transaction, which is, you know, I prefer a relationship to a transaction any day of the week. Yeah. Another uh, fear or downside of saying no is the FOMO, fear of missing out on both commissions and recognition. Yep. And then also, will they avoid... Now, this isn't necessarily, are you going to drop down on the, the rung of friendship, but if I don't participate this time, is there a possibility I may be overlooked as far as being invited to partner on the next round? Just because I don't want to promote this time, it didn't work out this time, I would still, I still want to have the invitation to either accept or reject the next time this comes around. Yeah, of course. And I think that the best way to make that happen is to be honest when you're talking to somebody about not promoting. If you're not promoting because you don't feel the content's a good fit for your audience. Yeah you would never do this. I'm saying this for the benefit of some listening who might not be aware of how this stuff works. I say to people, this is not a good fit for my audience. So I can't promote it for you. I'm sorry. If you come up with something that fits my audience better, will help them. I'll be happy to think about it, but I'm clear. I'm not giving them the false hope that I'm going to promote next time. If it's something I know I'm not going to promote to my audience. If however, my schedule is just too crowded and I, I want to be in on the next promotion. I will just tell them that. And I've done that with Matt McWilliams, I think is who does your affiliates. Yes. So I, I've, I've, I've often shared that with him. And I think Matt's also doing some of Michael's stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then the last thing I have in my notes here, I just want to run through this real quick. I made a list of the things off the top of my head that I know that I'm constantly promoting. <laughs> So I'm constantly giving call to actions or I'm constantly pitching these things, podcasting A to Z. I'm doing that. I'm I'm promoting that weeks at a time, at least four to six times a year. That already in and of itself is a lot. Now, 
I'm promoting my email newsletter. By the way, podcastanswerman.com slash newsletter. Just saying. That is a call to action. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my own digital products, which, by the way, I don't promote nearly as much as I should. By the way, just go to store.podcastanswerman.com. Yes, you're going to get more calls to action in this episode, in this section of this episode than ever. Equipment sales. I hardly ever talk about it, but man, podcastanswerman.com slash equipment. Then I have affiliate products. I have I have special links that I send out to when people are asking me about equipment. I give them links on Amazon or B&H, which I make 8% commission if they buy it from B&H. I make 4% commission if, I get it, if they get it from Amazon, but I make a commission either way. I am heavily promoting ConvertKit because I believe in it and I'm passionate. Podcastanswerman.com slash ConvertKit. Um, Libsyn Media Hosting. I use them, have used them since 2006. And you get your first month free if you sign up using promo code GSPN. It's in the show notes. Podcastanswerman.com slash 486. Miscellaneous other stuff that I believe in. Just before we hit record today, we were talking about bike seats for road bikes. And yeah, I- this is funny. I'm going to tell this story. You're telling me about this bike seat that will make me more comfortable on my road bike. And you're telling me how great it is. And you see me start to write it down. And you said, okay, what you need to do is go to gspn.tv forward slash bike seat. Yep. That was beautiful. I laughed. I was like, I got to get my affiliate game on. I'm not doing this as well as Cliff is. So Ray, ask, ask me what the book was that inspired me to take my health and fitness to the next level. What? What was the book that inspired you to take your health and fitness it, to the next level? It was called Younger Next Year. Go to gspn.tv slash younger next year. <laughs> I literally, I'm not looking at anything. I literally have hundreds of these memorized. Wow. Hundreds of them. So miscellaneous stuff I believe in. And then launches that I believe in that are a win-win-win. And by win-win-win, I mean it's a win for me. It's a win for the friend that I'm promoting. And it's a win for the people who buy. All right, and so that's Best Year Ever, Copywriting Academy, Booked and Paid to Speak with Grant, uh, Become an Author. So I do have some launches I believe in, and then conferences, Social Media Marketing World. Go to podcastanswerman.com slash social media, podcastanswerman.com slash social media. You can come hang out with both Ray and I in San Diego. And then also Podcast Movement. I am an affiliate there as well, podcastanswerman.com slash podcastmovement, all one word. New Media Europe, whenever they come around, Asia Pacific Podcast Conference, if my friend Paul Spain does another one of those. I, I mean, that is a long list of things that these are the things I'm constantly promoting. You know, this is, this is an interesting um, tangent for this discussion to go on because I know what you just said is true. You're constantly promoting all those things because I listen to every episode of your podcast and I've heard them all repeatedly, but I never felt like you were over-promoting or promoting too many things. Yeah, and, and the reason why is I'm very cautious about I, I'm very sensitive to this. And so I try to protect my audience from getting fatigued by all of these. Well, I think that is a huge part of the reason why. The other part of the reason why is your enthusiasm and belief in all of the things you just mentioned is so great, so infectious, that any skepticism or guardedness that I might have felt from somebody else, I don't it, it blows right past because it's you yeah. talking to me something you're passionate about. I, yeah, I get that. And, and that's a whole lot different than just saying, oh, wow, that's a product. Oh, I could generate, you know, 50% of a $2,000 sale. Yeah, I could, I could probably come up with some content for that. <laughs> that. That's a whole lot different than I really believe in this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, are there any other, I mean, yeah, I think we covered it. 
I think we did too. I, I think that it really just comes down to what you stand for, which is to create value for your listeners and do what you're passionate about. You figure out what your message is and take that to the world, whatever form that takes. And if something fits, then do it. But just you got to put your listeners, your readers, your audience, your tribe, you got to put them first. And well, my friends, I can't think of a better way to end this conversation than with the advice that Ray just gave right there. My friends, it's always an honor to have Ray on the show. And of course, if you have enjoyed hearing his voice and you like the message and the way that he communicates as much as I do, I encourage you to check out his podcast called The Ray Edwards Show. You can learn more about Ray and find his podcast at rayedwards.com. And again, Ray will be on the show again many times in the future. I am absolutely certain of that. And I am very much looking forward to doing uh, a promotion for him for the Copywriting Academy 2.0. I know some people who from my community who certainly signed up for the first version of that course and have absolutely benefited greatly as a result. So definitely looking for that, forward to that and even potentially going through it myself. So yeah. Now to wrap things up here, I do want to give you yeah two call to actions. Here at the end of the show, I want to tell you about my weekly podcast newsletter. This is where every single Friday I'm sharing some of the best tips, tools, techniques, strategies, and best advice that I've given over the past 10 years of doing podcast consulting. And every week I'm delivering actionable things that you can do or use in your podcasting journey. If you're interested in receiving this free, valuable information, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash newsletter. And then, of course, I also want to remind you that my next session of Podcasting A to Z is coming up on Monday, February 20th. This is the opportunity to have me as your personal coach walking you through every step in the process of successfully launching your podcast. Now, a couple episodes ago, back in episode 479, I shared the story of David Delp and the email that he had sent me. He was on the fence about whether or not podcasting A to Z would work for him. He had put off podcasting for several years because of some life circumstances and and well, I have an update, and this is actually from David who did sign up for Podcasting A to Z, and here's what he wrote just yesterday. He says, Cliff, knowing what I know now, if I had to do it all over again, I would sign up for the very next session of Podcasting A to Z in a heartbeat, no hesitation. You are the most incredible consultant and coach I've ever worked with, and I've worked with some really good ones. I don't really want to admit that I cried, but I did cry a little when I went to iTunes this morning to see if the podcast was available, and it was. There's something about seeing it in iTunes. It was real after all of these years of not being able to get up to doing it. We are whole. We are healthy. We made it with eight exclamation marks. It's so much more than a podcast. It's putting the wheels back on track where they should have been and living again. Well, my congratulations goes out to David and Donna Delp. You can find their podcast at calibrate360.com. Again, that's calibrate360.com. And I am just so incredibly blessed to have been a part of their journey of launching the podcast, as well as all the other students who are in my current session. And if you, again, are looking forward to launching your podcast, if you've been struggling in any way, shape, or form, getting all the little answers because there's so much conflicting information out there, 
Again, Podcasting A to Z is four weeks of me standing by waiting to answer every single question you post. If you want to know what it takes for somebody to write a message like what I just read here from David, it's because I am literally there for you through every single step in the process. Head over to podcastinga2z.com for more information about the course. And at the very least, I encourage you to pick two or three testimonials on the bottom of that page at random, just two or three of them, and you'll get a feel for just how much direct access and how much care and attention that I have and the fact that I look forward to every single opportunity that I could possibly serve you for four weeks. Again, that next session starts Monday, February 20th. Details and registration button over at podcastinga2z.com. Thank you so much, my friends. I'll be back next week. And until then, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Podcast at Samantha.